Hello and welcome to another great episode of Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. We have a lot to cover this week, but before we get there, I want to address something alarming that I saw this week on our on our social pages. I know when you do something like this, when you have when when you're a public figure or attempting to become a public figure, even if it's in something as as fun as sports or or as unimportant to the bigger issues in life as sports are. Social media can be a nasty place, can be a vile place. And I just want to address that this week, on top of getting pushback from some of the the takes that I have um, said in the past, which is going to happen. Everybody has their, their bold sports opinions and and will make them known. I've also received some comments that had nothing to do with what the clips or videos that they're they're attached to are relating to, but instead saying things about me or my guest or so, or something that has nothing to do with the sports that we're talking about. I don't want to draw attention to the comment itself, but we had had a comment about a video between me and my guest, Minnesota Twins minor league prospect Austin Schulfer, talking about who do you have in the World Series as the series was about to start, and somebody, no no bold opinions were were given. It was just like, oh, I think this team's gonna win. I think this team's gonna win. But somebody felt the need to comment and take a shot at one of us personally, and. I know sports is a place where we like to debate and we like to get 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 heated based on our opinions but it's supposed to all be in good fun it's sports guys at the end of the day sports can do a lot of amazing things for people it can teach us the value of teamwork and it can teach us how to love something other than ourselves if we're if we, if we're young and learning it for the first time it can teach us how to it can teach us how to win uh, gracefully. It can teach us how to lose with humility. But there are some people out there that can be vile when it comes to... It, it's not just, oh, I disagree with you on this opinion. It's your opinion is wrong and you're stupid for having it. And, 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 it, and it gets to be th at that point multiple times. And I just ask anyone, and this is not just for me, but if... If you're commenting online, whether it be f stuff of ours or or for for anything, it doesn't matter if it's sports or music or something. But I can only speak for myself. Be kind. You have no idea what the person posting is go is going through, what they're doing. People, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I've been doing this on and off for ten years, chasing a dream that I've had since I was a child. And so it's not it's not very encouraging, even if you disagree with me, to turn on my social media and 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 at first be thrilled to see that there's interaction with the post and then and then flip over and see a comment that's not having anything to do with sports, but just me. And whether it be displeasure or whatever, in the comments about me personally. And for anybody who who's listened to this for a long time knows me. 
I will be honest here and say I was born with a mild disability, so I never got the opportunity to play sports like many of my friends did. And I loved sports and dreamed of playing sports and never could. And so starting this podcast and talking about sports and studying sports and becoming a student of the game of multiple sports was my way to stay close to it, and which is why I've never let go of the dream of being being a sports commentator like I wanted to be my whole life, even though, you know, the growth of this podcast has not taken off. And, I, and that's why I have not quit yet, and I will not quit despite some of the negative personal attacks that have come my way for literally no reason. So, so before we jump into the actual sports that I want to talk about today, I just want to address the things that I've seen and and that it's it's made me take stock of this and and if i really wanted to do it and there was a possibility you know when when it was hitting me earlier in the week that i was like maybe i'm done maybe this isn't worth it but then i took a step back and said this is what i've dreamed of doing this is what i want to do for a living and i'm not going to let one or two comments from people that have nothing better to do than to tear others down with no basis in reality to take that away from me. But not just for me, but for others, I ask you, if you're going to comment online, be kind. It doesn't matter if you disagree with what it is. Do not attack the person posting it because they they could be reposting. They could be going through something. They could be working harder than you could imagine to build build something on that page or on uh, based on that content. Be kind because you don't know the situation behind what you're commenting on. All right. Now that's out of the way. I want to first start with baseball as we have a new World Series champion. The Texas Rangers, for the first time in their history, are World Series champs. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers, the city of Arlington, and that ownership group. When it happened, first, congratulations to the team that did it. But I have to say, when it happened, the first people I thought of were all my Texas Rangers fans fan friends uh, who have waited so long because I because I was there the, the ones I was thinking of I was there with them in 2010 and 2011 when the Rangers got so close and and didn't get it done and so congratulations to my Texas Rangers fans and fan friends and also I thought of Ron Washington the manager of those teams that got so close and didn't get it done and then he became a third base coach and he finally won a world series with the Braves and I thought about him and it it just it 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 felt like it was redemption for those teams as well as for the team that actually won the title um so it was great to see that and it was a historic run for this Texas Rangers club in in many many ways um the first of which is that Corey Seager was named named world series mvp giving him his second because he won in tw- he he won the MVP in 2020 back with the Dodgers. He became just the fourth player in in MLB history to win two World Series MVPs, joining Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson and Reggie Jackson as the only players to do that. And Seager is just the second player ever joining Reggie Jackson to win two World Series MVPs with two separate teams. As I mentioned, Seager won with the Dodgers back in 2020 and this year with the Rangers. And Reggie Jackson did it with both the 
Oakland A's, and the New York Yankees. So those are the only two players ever to do that. On top of that, the Rangers unfathomably went 11-0 on the road in these playoffs. They did not lose a single game away from Arlington. And they are the only team ever to be undefeated on the road, I believe. But they're also the, the, they also broke the record for most consecutive road wins in the postseason. And they did it all in one postseason. The, the previous record was held by the 96-97 Yankees at 9. The Rangers went 11-0 in this postseason. On top of that, Rangers starting pitcher Nathan Nivaldi is just the fourth pitcher in MLB history with five wins in a single postseason. So you add all that up. And the fact that their bullpen, which was their biggest weakness all season long, was the biggest factor in in the clutch moments of the, of the series. That bullpen locked it down when they needed to. So it was cool to see, after all the troubles they had, after their starters left games in the season with their bullpen. And, and it being said during the season that the bullpen would be the reason they wouldn't make it far in the postseason. That the bullpen was, in fact, a huge contributing factor to this World Series championship. I do want to give props to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They exceeded all expectations going into the season, had a great year, a great postseason. Tori Lavolo deserves NL Manager of the Year if he gets it. I believe both these managers who, who, who managed in the World Series deserve it. Bruce Bochy coming out of retirement after three years to coach this team in his first season to the World Series. What a run for the Texas Rangers. Congratulations to all those Rangers fans. And I, d I do want to bring up one thing. I wish I had the proof to back this up. I, I looked for it earlier in the week. I could not find it. But I do want to mention that of those, of those Texas Ranger fan friends that I have, one of them is I, I have these friends that are, that are a married couple. And he is a Tex, and they're both from Texas, and he is a Texas Rangers fan, and she is a Houston Astros fan. And for anybody who watches this podcast, even though I try very hard to to stay as impartial as possible, I am a I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. So I remember, and, and I and I tried to find the messages because I because I was texting with with her the night that Texas won with the Astros fan. And I said, and I said, cause I, cause he had gotten a new number and I didn't have it. I said, tell your husband, congratulations. And so I thought about it and I said, wait a minute, didn't I make a comment back in 2017 to you about after Houston won the world series the first time I said, didn't I make a comment to you about now it's just the Braves and the Rangers turn to, to make it the trifecta and give us three in a row. And she said, I think you did. We couldn't find the messages. I really wish we had because no one's going to believe me. It's going to sound like I'm I'm just LeBron Jamesing and just saying stuff to say stuff. But I I did say something about, about now, now the Braves and Rangers just need to finish it off and make it a trifecta. And it was funny at the time because, because both the Braves and Rangers were in rebuilding modes and nowhere near close to a World Series championship. Cut to 2021. The Braves get it done. 
the Astros get it done in 2022, and now the Rangers. So I wasn't, I I, I wasn't on target with the time, but we got the three in a row, and I and and I enjoyed touching base with those friends uh, over that. That that was really cool to to uh, to talk to them about that and and have her remember that I said that. I wish I could have found the messages. Unfortunately, I could not to put them on screen podcast, so you may not believe it happened, but if you trust me, it happened. The other thing I want to talk about, it, it came through just minutes ago, right before I started this podcast. I saw I saw that the Cincinnati Reds posted on Twitter, and I want to, I want to show you the statement that they have declined the option, the club option of Joey Votto going into next year. As Joey said that he wanted to continue to play, he, he, he wanted to play in 2024, and he hoped it'd be with Cincinnati. And based on, based on this, it does not look like that's going to be the case. The statement from the president of baseball operations, Nick Crawl, says, For 17 years, Joey has been the heart of Reds baseball as a most valuable player, all-star, and a respected clubhouse leader. His contributions to our team and, and his extraordinary generosity toward those in need throughout the region and beyond cannot be measured. At this point of the offseason, based on our current roster, and, and projected plans for 2024, as an organization, we cannot commit to, to the playing time Joey deserves. He forever will be part of the Reds family, and at the appropriate time, we will thank and honor him as one of the greatest baseball players of this or any generation. So it's a sad reality of the business of baseball, and Joey Votto now faces a decision. He can retire a Cincinnati Red after 17 seasons, or he can continue to play with a different organization. I, for one, would hate to see Joey Votto in a different uniform. It would look it would look too strange. It, it would be similar to some of the ones we've seen, you know, Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform, or Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform, even though he won a championship, Peyton Manning in a Broncos uniform, King Griffey Jr. in a White Sox uniform. It just wouldn't. It, it it wouldn't look quite right. Now, if he if if he wants to continue playing, I wish him the best. And I know there are many teams out there that that would love a great clubhouse guy like Joey Votto. And when Joey Votto was healthy last year, he he had a pretty good year. He's still got some baseball left in him. He's one of the great personalities in the game. He's one of the great ambassadors of the game. One of the great players. And so he faces a decision now, and it's to retire a Cincinnati Red or continue to play as a member of a of a different organization and and I wish him the best and we'll see what he decides to do we'll see if anybody uh takes a flyer on Joey to give him to give him one more shot he hasn't specifically he said that he wants to play in 2024 not specifically saying that 2024 would be his last year but he but but, but he wants to but he wants to give it a go, and so I would love to see him continue to play. It doesn't look like that will be in Cincinnati, but but maybe he'll get a shot elsewhere. It would be weird, but it would be nice to see him keep going. He's one of the great people in, in the game of baseball. So best of luck to Joey Votto. Then nothing but class from the Cincinnati Reds, who said at the appropriate time we will thank and honor him as one of the greatest people. So they're basically saying already, they're already saying his number's going to be retired in Cincinnati, as it should. Because in sports today, 
and I've spoken out about how I feel about, you know, uh, a lot of organizations, especially in the NBA, are retiring players' numbers that I don't think deserve to be retired. Because I think there is a, I think there are a couple of things, in my opinion, that warrant a number of retirement. One is longevity. One is availability. One is success. So, I I don't necessarily agree with certain NBA number retirements. I don't love the idea of LeBron's getting retired in Miami or LA for that matter because he wasn't there for that long. Chris Bosh, same thing. Well, Chris Bosh was there longer than LeBron, LeBron, but after LeBron left, there was no success, and he was a distant third. Like that, I I I don't want to disparage anyone's. That's not what I'm trying to do. Disparage anyone's resume, but. I think we've gotten a little too lax on oh that oh numbers should be retired because they would they were here for three years and won a championship or numbers should be retired because of this or that that that's not real that's not that's not quite the point but Joey Votto was there for some good years and he was there for a lot of lean years in his prime when he could have chased a ring and instead he honored the team that drafted him he honored the city that he loved playing for he decided to stay and that alone he he played 17 years won an mvp multiple time all-star led them to the playoffs on on a few occasions that is the textbook for deserving your number retirement and the reds have basically said it in this statement it's going to happen it's just a matter of time so Joey Votto's next step has remained to be seen. We do know that it won't it will likely not be with the Cincinnati Reds. Moving on to college football, I first want to talk about Western Kentucky. Uh Western Kentucky Hilltoppers in an October 24th game against Liberty wore wore variations of the same helmet, but it was seven different helmets for each position group. And I will put a, a couple of those images on screen for you so you can see it. It was the mascot, the big it, the big red, in, in various positions representing the position groups. As you can see, there's quarterback, running back, wide receiver. All the position groups had their own helmet decal for the game. And that's the first time something like that's ever been done. It was really, really cool to see that. Um, and they, they did lose the game to Liberty, but as far as I'm concerned, the talking point was Western Kentucky's helmets. That's, that was a really fun thing to see. I, I have to wonder if, since it's been approved once, if we'll start to see it with other teams, if, if they'll start to do similar things. But I, I'm not a huge fan of like, like Oregon and some teams having different uniform combinations and having 13 different uniform combinations in a season or all this sort of stuff. But this was a really cool thing as all their helmets were the same, but the decals were different. Uh, this was a really cool thing to see once. I don't, I, I don't know if I'd love to see everyone do it. I, Western Kentucky had the idea. They executed it flawlessly. It was cool. Everybody's talking about it. It was a really cool thing to see. Head on over to uh, Western Kentucky's, football's Instagram page if you want to see all seven of those helmets. To some less good college football news, the Michigan scandal keeps getting worse and it keeps getting weirder. On the last podcast, I spoke out kind of in support of Michigan at the time, 
but that was early on in the process and we had not learned all there was to learn from the media at the time i originally it came out that they were in trouble for for being at the games and, and it was like okay what's the big deal about that and then it was said that oh they were recording the games or were recording opponents games and that's when i came out and i said well recording is no good but but who cares if you're at the thing and there is an ncaa bylaw that says that 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 scouting off campus off of your campus is against the rules i think it's a bit of a weird rule but it is a rule regardless so in that aspect michigan violated it and then it got weirder as the staffer connor stallions who has since parted ways with michigan there are differing reports uh that say one a few says that he resigned a few says he was fired uh connor stallions was not only at the games connor stallions somehow made his way onto the sideline of the video we have is is of central michigan uh, he somehow made his way onto the Central Michigan sideline and was wearing a Central Michigan hat to blend in with their coaches. That is going way too far. It's one thing, like everybody initially thought, that he was just present, that he was just in the stands, that he was just there. And it's like, well, how could they have known if he's just there? Turns out he was on the sideline disguising himself as a member of the coaching staff. And it doesn't look good if you see the video. Because in the video, he's standing in the back near some other coaches who surprisingly don't recognize him. He is wearing hats, a hat and sunglasses. But you'd think these coaches who spend an inordinate amount of time together would be like, hey, we don't recognize you. He's standing in the back with some other coaches. And when the head coach turns around, Connor Stallions turns his back so the coach doesn't see him. And then in another video, he he ducks behind some other coaches. It's hard to look more guilty than that. It's it's one thing to fight against an NCAA rule is be like, well, why can't we just go watch games of our opponents? Why can't we go to why can't we go to their environment to see what it's gonna be like when we play them later in the year? It's another thing to be in uniform on the other team's sideline. To be wearing a Central Michigan hat and sunglasses, standing next to Central Michigan coaches, and then hiding your face when it's, when there's a possibility you could get caught. And I do find it hard to believe that Jim Harbaugh and the other coaching staff and the program didn't know he was doing this. That's the official party line, that they did not know that this was happening. but. Who sent him? Who is he relaying the information to? Is he just hanging on to it, ha hanging on to it for himself? Because that does not make any sense. Why do it? Why, why waste those miles? I don't know if he flew or if he drove to some of these places. Why waste the miles? Who approved the miles? Somebody knows what he was doing, and they're just not saying. I don't think anyone believes that 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 Michigan had no knowledge that Connor Stallions was doing this. I think their only option was to part with him, and they did. But I, I find it extremely hard to believe that they had no knowledge that Connor Stallions was hiding in plain sight 
on the sidelines of opponents. So undoubtedly, Michigan will be penalized for this. It remains to be seen. Many coaches and 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 people in other organizations in the NCAA are are calling for their heads, calling for severe, severe penalties. Um, with with one Purdue coach saying, "Just look at their record over the last couple of years. Uh, it's it's markedly better than the years before." Now you could say, "Well, yeah, they have Blake Corral and JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy being one of the front runners for the Heisman, but." It's it, it's hard to look at all this and not see something severe coming. Well, what's going to be interesting is if Michigan finishes the year with a chance to get into the college football playoff, is the committee going to preempt, preemptively be tempted to hold them out because of this? Because if any if they go on to win the national championship, that national championship would likely be voided soon after. The the head of the college football playoff committee has said that they view this as an NCAA issue and not as a college football playoff issue. So it does not sound like they will let they will let this situation factor into the rankings at the end of the season. But it is something interesting to keep an eye out for. Moving on now to the NBA. The biggest story over the last the last week or so as the NBA season has tipped off is that James Harden, after all his hemming and hawing and complaining and belly aching and all the sorts of stuff, got his way. He's in Los Angeles with the Clippers along with PJ Tucker and, and another player. And the Sixers got a lot of picks in return and a couple of players as well. It sets a bad precedent. And I, I know this is something happening more and more in sports. But it sets a bad precedent when a player can just complain and whine and throw tantrums and decide not to show up to practices. And then you trade him to the one team that he said he wants to go to. Uh, that's, a, that's a bad precedent because now it, te- now it shows all other professional athletes, oh, all we have to do is be a nightmare and they'll give us exactly what we want. I understand L.A. for not wanting him in the locker room for not wanting him around them. They even told him like he, he was willing at one point to come back and play at the beginning of the year. And they told him, they said, don't bother traveling with us. So they had had enough. But what I don't like is that they traded him to the one team he wanted to go to trade him, trade him to the worst team in the NBA, send him to NBA purgatory. He doesn't deserve good faith at this point. So it so it sets a really weird and a really bad precedent in the NBA that that Harden was able to just be an absolute nightmare and get exactly his way. And you know who I feel bad for most is PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker has been teammates with James Harden almost everywhere he's gone. He he was with him in Houston. He was with him in Philadelphia, and he was part of the deal to be with him in L.A. If I'm P.J. Tucker, I'm I'm like, why am I looped in with this guy? He's not going to be happy. He's not going to stay. He's going to be the third option on this L.A. team who, while very, very good, and if they can stay healthy, have a legitimate shot at a championship, has a 
really hard time staying healthy. Kawhi claims to be healthier than he's ever been and wants to play 82, and I would love to see it. Kawhi's an amazing player. Paul George is great as well, but both of those guys have injury histories that are so long. And so much like the Miami Dolphins in the NFL with all their success, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt is like they have a lot of injury history. There's, there's a very good chance that it, that, that takes its toll. James Harden won't be happy for long. It's, it's his MO. Something will go wrong. Somebody will get hurt. He'll be the third option. He won't want to be the third option. He'll want to be the 33-a-game scorer that he used to be, and he's not. And they'll start to lose, and he won't get the points that he 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 won't get the points that he thinks he deserves. He won't get the minutes he thinks he deserves. He'll be he'll be upset. He'll he'll go public with his displeasure, trying to force his 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 way onto another team. It will happen again. It always happens. It's happened. Four, three, four other times at this point. With the exception of the trade from Oklahoma City to start his career, everywhere he's been, the Rockets, the Nets, the Sixers, and now the Clippers, and I count the Clippers because he made a lot of noise to get there, and I don't imagine he'll just he'll just be silent now. He has made a significant amount of trouble and noise to get his way. To get out. So I don't foresee this ending any other way. He'll be there a year, a year and a half, you know, maybe maybe, maybe a couple of years, maybe they win a championship, maybe they get close, and he'll realize this was, I don't want to be here anymore when Paul George gets hurt, or Kawhi gets hurt, or one of them gets traded, or Russell Westbrook takes too many shots, or whatever the case. Mark my word, James Harden will be unhappy and we will be right back here before we know it. The NBA in-season tournament has started, and I'm not going to lie. I like it. I I didn't know how to feel about it when it first started. I know that the NBA is trying to give more relevance to some regular season games. I don't know if an in-season tournament is the answer, but it's a decent start. I think, and me personally, right now, division titles have no purpose in in football and in baseball division titles really matter really really matter and you actively have to try to win your division to make the playoffs there 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 are spots for every division winner and a couple of wild cards that's the way that baseball and football works and it puts importance on those division games those division opponents getting that division crown. There are a lot of NBA fans, casual and even diehards, that can't even name the divisions of the NBA. Can't even name who the who the winners of those divisions were for the last several years. I think the NBA needs to revamp the playoff system. I I already think there's too many. I think the the playoffs are for the best of the best. It's for the best teams of a given year. And the NBA right now, if you include the play-in teams as playoff teams, 20 of the 30 make the playoffs. 20 of the 30. That's not best of the best. That's just almost everyone. And only the worst of the worst are kept out. That's the opposite of the way it's supposed to be. 
there are great teams that miss the there there are really good teams that miss the playoffs every year in every other sport. The NBA is just like bring on everyone. But I I I do think this in season tournament brings a little of excitement to the situation. I would like to see them kind of push it back a little bit. I think it's too early to start it because the season just started. So you're still going to have the excitement of a new season. Where 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 things kind of start to get a little bit stale is like that Christmas to February, like the mid-season period of time. And I think that's where it could be more useful. Now, the games are single elimination, which a lot which which provides a lot of excitement, but they're not back to back. The first the first play-in games or sorry, the first in-season tournament games were this is Saturday when we're recording this were yesterday and yesterday and Thursday I believe and then it's a while before the next round there it's not a consecutive tournament so it might be a little confusing to to keep track of it when it's an in-season game and when it's not but like I said I I would like to see it happen more towards the middle of the season maybe right after the all-star break would be really cool because you all your players would be fresh. All your players would be ready to go. It, it it would give some juice to kind of that lull period of the middle of the year, you know, between the all-star break and the playoffs. I would like to see it be more to the middle of the year and maybe put the games kind of closer together. I know that'd be hard to do because if you, you can't predict, you can't predict who's going to win those single elimination games. So you don't want, you don't want the teams that lose to be sitting around for six days while the tournament ends. And it's hard to be like, Oh, we'll just continue with your regularly scheduled games after you're eliminated. Well, what if your next couple opponents are still playing? So I get why they probably need to space it out a little bit, but all that to say, I would like to see it be more in the middle of the season because you're still dealing with the excitement of it being a new season. So I don't think, I think it's still a little too early to be like, and we're, we're playing an in-season tournament. So I'd like to see them move it back a little bit. Maybe, maybe they will in the future. We'll see how this goes. They, they did unveil new NBA in-season tournament courts specific to these games. And they're, they're pretty cool. They are, a bit much for me personally. It's a lot of color where there doesn't need to be that much color. I do like the trophy behind the logo, much like the NBA used to do with the NBA Finals, and I believe they're going to start doing it again. I hope they do. They need to. That's when it was at its best. But the courts are still cool for me personally. A little too much flash, a little too much color. But people love them, and I understand why. So I think this is a I wasn't sure how to feel about it at first, but I think this is a really, really cool addition to the NBA season. Like I said, I would like to see it pushed back a little further into the year, maybe right after the All-Star break would be ideal for me because you have to get because then everybody would be rested and ready to go. And then it would would give a little bit of a ramp up into the playoffs, a little of excitement into that middle of the year kind of lull um, that some sports have. Speaking of the NBA having 30 teams, NBA expansion has been talked about for years now, um, but we didn't know when it was going to happen. We now have an idea because Adam Silver announced that the NBA expects to expand to 32 teams once the new media rights deal is finalized. The current agreement expires in 2025, so we would likely see that expansion happen in 2026. 
And currently, Seattle and Las Vegas are the front runners to get the new franchises. Seattle was a given. We knew they were coming back because people have been waiting for them to come back since they first went away in 2000. And I know there, 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 there was a lot with the stadium issues and, and, and everything. So they had to go to Oklahoma City. I thought that, I thought I originally, when that happened, thought it was reactionary because New Orleans had been displaced there for a season and the fans loved it. And I thought, oh, of course they loved it because they've never, they've never had it before. But Oklahoma City has sustained the franchise and shown that they really, they really love the Thunder and they deserve to have a franchise in, in the NBA. But I think this news just makes, for the most part, it for the most part, it doesn't really matter who the second team is. I think NBA fans are just glad to see the Sonics return. And I know I am. I I grew up a huge Gary Payton fan, one of my favorite all-time players. I grew up a huge King Griffey Jr. fan who played in the city of Seattle. One of my favorite all-time sitcoms is Frasier, which takes place in Seattle, Washington. So all that to say, that's all random. But all that to say is that I would love to see this, the Seattle Supersonics make a return, and it looks like 2026 is that return. Moving on to the NFL, specifically the Las Vegas Raiders, who made headlines this week when they fired both their head coach, Josh McDaniels, and their GM to start new. Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, is going to be the interim head coach going forward while Mark Davis actively has to make the most important head coaching hire of his career. But what I want to talk about is when Josh McDaniels was hired, many people thought, oh, he won't work with Derek Carr. It turns out he didn't really. And then they, they thought, they were like, oh, Derek Carr is the problem. Let's get rid of him. And while things aren't going super in New Orleans, it's it's people are starting to be a see like oh it, it wasn't him it wasn't him the person you have to feel for in this situation raiders fans of course and the players on that team but you have to feel for devonte adams cuz i want to look at kind of what's gone on with devonte adams here and the and he's expressed his displeasure with how he's used in the offense before mcdaniel's firing and now how he he would like to play somewhere else and you can't blame him for that but first of all, Devontae deserves better, and I'll get to the Raiders, the Raiders organization in a minute. Uh, first of all, Devontae deserves better because he left the Packers not because he didn't want to be a Packer, but because there was so much uncertainty surrounding that franchise and surrounding Aaron Rodgers, and if Aaron was going to return, and he didn't know, and and he didn't want. Players, professional athletes fear uncertainty because with uncertainty, a lot of these people have families. And so if you, if there's a trade or if there's, if you're cut or whatever, you have to, you have to pick up and move your family. You have to, you look for that security, whether it be financially or just positionally. And Devontae Adams was looking for that security. He didn't know if he had it in Green Bay. So he looked over at Vegas and was like, oh, my college. My college quarterback and friend is over there, and they 
just had they just hired this new head coach. So those guys are probably going to be there for a while. Let me go there, and they have a good a good roster. Let me go there. So he goes there again, not because he hated Green Bay, but because he was he was craving the security of being in one location with one head coach with one quarterback. And it looked like he had it. And then the Raiders gave up on Derek Carr, to which Devontae Adams was like, he's the reason I came here. So that, so obviously that didn't make him happy. And then Josh McDaniels is fired. Now, Josh McDaniels should have been fired. He probably shouldn't, should never have been hired, but he should have been fired. But now you look at Devontae Adams, who both of the main reasons why he showed up in Vegas and why he wanted to go to Vegas are now gone, and he's left there on a team that, maybe hasn't played as bad as people were expecting them to because they have a a lot of good pieces but they're not going anywhere they're not going they're they're not going to make the playoffs they're not going to win the AFC West the AFC West is, is probably one of the most difficult divisions to win in football so he wants to be traded but he made his trade request known shortly before the trade deadline the trade deadline's now passed he has not been moved He's not happy in Vegas, so we will likely see a Devontae Adams trade in the offseason. But he deserves better from that standpoint, is that everything that he that brought him to Vegas has now been ripped away. All the security he was looking for has now been has now vanished. And so obviously, and I don't think anyone blames him for being unhappy in the situation. But now, but now I want to go to the Raiders specifically. And this franchise deserves a lot better the move from oakland to vegas withstanding which that that is enough turmoil in its own right because you're you're if you're in oakland your team left you know and that that is what it is but now former raiders owner uh al davis died in 2011 and his son mark took over the franchise since 2011 antonio pierce who is the new interim, as I mentioned, is now the eighth head coach in 12 years. So that is not at all the stability that Devontae Adams thought he was getting. Eight head coaches in 12 years. On top of that, back in 2021, when John Gruden was was fired for his scandal, Rich Passaccia took over the head coaching duties on an interim basis. And with all the drama with John Gruden, all the drama with Henry Ruggs, Rich Passaccia managed to make the Raiders a playoff team that season. Not only a playoff team, but they played a playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals, who would go on to make the Super Bowl in in the AFC that year. And they played them well. It was a close game. But for whatever reason, Mark Davis couldn't move on from him fast enough. And hired Josh McDaniels instead, and now here we are. On top of that, since Mark Davis took over in 2011, the Raiders have only had two playoff appearances, and they haven't won a game. One of those appearances was Rich Passaccia. And yet, Mark Davis is like, we're not going with you, see you later. Now, maybe Mark Davis should have seen the writing on the wall, Maybe Rich, Rich Passaccia will get a second chance now that now that his replacement needs to be replaced. If I was Rich Passaccia, I'd say, no thanks. You cast me aside once, I'm not going to let you do it again when a newer, shinier toy comes along. 
Now, maybe maybe Mark Davis should have seen the writing on the wall when Josh McDaniels was once up for the Colts head coaching job, accepted it, and turned it down pretty much immediately after. And Colts fans were, and especially now looking back on it, like, oh man, we dodged that bullet. Maybe Mark Davis should have seen that writing on the wall. Maybe Mark Davis should have seen that every head coaching scenario that Josh McDaniels finds himself in has been unsuccessful. There are some coordinators who don't make good head coaches, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that because there's a whole other set of responsibilities that come with going from the offensive or defensive coordinator to a head coach. A whole bunch. And maybe, and some maybe don't do do well with that. It's just the it's just it's just fact. Gus Bradley is one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, and he had maybe one of the worst head coaching stints in the history of the NFL with the Jacksonville Jags. So not everybody is meant to be a head coach, and that's fine because they can still be great coordinators. They can be great assistants. And I think that's what Josh McDaniels is. He's a great offensive coordinator. Bad head coach. So now the Raiders are on their eighth head coach in 12 seasons. They've only made the playoffs two of those seasons. One of them was with the guy they couldn't get rid of fast enough in favor of Josh McDaniels. And look where they are now. That's all I have for you this week. For Empire Sports Talk, I am Roman Gennaro. Today's a great day to go 1-0. Be kind to everyone, and I'll see you next time.